I'm very happy to have a dear friend with me, Sophia, that I know her a couple of years uh, through um, She Expert, an initiative that brought uh, women experts to be known to policymakers, to the, to the media, and so on. So, Sophia, thank you for being with me uh, and accepting the invitation. Thank you, Sophia. Uh, Sophia is like an expert in gender equality, and Sophia would like to give you the floor to just talk a little bit ourse- uh, yourself, as a, your background, and so on. Sure. Um, well, I am currently the Gender Technical Specialist for World Vision Canada, working remote based in Cyprus. Um, I have just completed my thesis into a publication on women's organizations for peace. I'm very excited about that. It was a seven-year labor process. process, And I think it's very telling from my experiences of what that means to women in academia. Um, And I am very passionate about women, peace and security, and in particular, women living as refugees. Okay, so that's great. You did a lot of research then for these seven whole long years with your thesis. <laughs> and let's get started with some questions I have for you because uh, it's my first time interviewing somebody with a gender equality uh, expert and I have, I have some questions because this subject is very dear to me. As a woman in science, we have so many challenges and because of our gender. We have sexual harassment, from sexual harassment to uh, ignoring uh, and isolation in the university and research center. So my first question is, what is your input regarding women in STEM, in science, uh, and gender equality? What is your thoughts, your uh, wow. information? Well, thank you for that question. I just think about that in terms of how women in STEM and what opportunities we're offering, offering excuse me, young women and uh, young women and girls and in schools the opportunity to engage at an early age and then preparing them all, all the way through into academia. And I, what I find is I think it's all well and good in the beginning with young women and girls engaging them in STEM and it, and it has become quite a hot topic in Cyprus um, that everyone is doing, doing STEM, for example. However, once women, young women reach the, go into academia and focus on science, they have quite a few barriers. And that comes with funding. It comes with um, the lower participation rates of female researchers. In Europe, for example, for Cyprus, it's 37.3% of female researchers. Wow, so uh, this, was, this was the data from last, uh, excuse me, from 2017 um, for Cyprus. Um, but we're looking at the fact that women, when we are at an age where we are either uh, primary caregivers to our children, whether we are primary caregivers to the elderly in our lives, there comes a point where the academia and the institutions that be are not um, not as supportive and actually not supportive at all mm-hmm. in our in the work that we're doing. And I think that really comes up, and especially at the top, the level of the, the participation representation of women is quite limited, if not at all. Um, I just saw the other day there were three panels um, to discuss the coronavirus mm-hmm. within the health system and also engaging other sectors like the economy, yeah. um, science, yeah. etc. Um, 
and they were all men. And so I was just looking and looking. I'm like, so did Cyprus run out of women experts? Did they run out of women yeah. uh, scientists? Um, and of course, the answer is no. Um, so the representation of women scientists out there presenting their work mm -hmm. um, is not as um, visible as it would be for their male counterparts. You are just so spot on because uh, inside, in women's science, we say, <clears throat> sorry, no more manel. <clears throat> which are manel and made from men. <clears throat> sorry. So, yeah, that's just spot on saying winning panels with women as well. Mm -hmm. So, my next question is about uh, gender equality. And the difference between, between nations, because I guess a different level of achieving the gender equality. And we live in Cyprus, sure. we, both, uh, we both do, but you are work also in Canada. So maybe you have this insight, the sure. difference between yeah. the two nations or across the globe. Sure. Um, I think I, if it, before you can compare countries um, that are obviously vastly different in all sorts and shapes and sizes, Um, I think it's important to discuss intersectionality. So how does your ethnicity, race, class, age, gender, sexuality, and also ability slash disability yeah. impact your experience? And those that piece is very important because the way somebody like myself engages in Cyprus is very different than um, a Greek Cypriot within a middle upper class living in Cyprus, whether they're, and if they're a man versus being a woman, those are very different lines that are mm -hmm. being played. Um, if they are um, coming from a, a lesser than socioeconomic background, mm -hmm. um, that plays a role. Age plays a role. I know that, you know, once you hit 54 plus, I'm told that, you know, it's over for, yeah, for women researchers. Um, and what does that mean in the larger sense? So when I compare Canada to Cyprus, I immediately think of, when you ask that question, I immediately think of A, intersectionality, mm. and B, the representation, the political representation and participation of women in uh, the Canadian cabinet, yeah. um, but also women in leadership positions, whether that's at the executive level. Um, the health minister of Canada is a woman, mm. is a woman of Asian descent, she's an Asian Canadian, and mm. as you know, Asian Canadians have a rich history in um, contributing to the create the development of the of Canada. Mm -hmm. um, however, I also don't want to. I'm cautious to give Canada sort of that that extended praise because we're also doing quite dismally when it comes to participation and representation of Indigenous women. Oh, um, okay. The rates of excuse me Indigenous women that are being killed every day and murdered um, at such high percentages mm -hmm. is quite real. Um, so I think that these pieces play a role mm -hmm. um, when it comes to gender inequality in Cyprus. I'm also thinking about the gender pay gap. Yeah. I'd be very interested to find out how companies and organizations, especially now when this era where of social of social movements where we've had a hold of, you know, we're all in a pressure cooker and now everything is coming out, the, the dirt under the rug is being uncovered. And I'm very curious how organizations, companies, academia is going to reconcile this when it comes to um, addressing the gender pay gap, for example. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But the thing is that we need actions, not words. Because, you know, if you apply, they say, don't, you know, we 
don't take any, uh, we don't consider gender equality. We are all for to, but to solve it. But uh, at the end of the day, there's no action to uh, that. And my final question is about uh, education and career opportunities. Um, you are a remote worker. So that actually enable you to work in Canada in your field, I guess, of expertise. Uh-huh. And maybe that's what actually wanted women science to, you know, find the career opportunities they would like to have when they work in uh, countries that they don't have so much opportunities, like also Cyprus, maybe that example. Uh-huh. So, I, I mean, at the end of the day, what actions can we take to just try to close the gap? Finally, like personal level, also in the government or institutional uh, level. Yeah, sure. Um, well, at the at the government level, we have female representatives, female MPs. I think it's really important to go to your MP and discuss this issue of how are we going to have more women in political leadership? How are we going to have women in leadership positions? Period. How are we going to have women scientists at the level? representing Cyprus nationally and globally and how does that how is that going to work if we're still stuck in um, in a discourse that is not allowing half of our population to thrive I think that's at the detriment of the nation as a whole yeah. um, I also think it's really important I mean I work remotely from home I think it's important to have a conversation both in the academic realm um, also within government about social services there's such a lack the foundation of of social services does not allow for um, affordable child care, for example, um, child care that supports uh, working mothers and it's going to at least provide a foundation. And I think one of the reasons being that we don't value domestic work, yeah. don't value the invisible labor, mm-hmm. the emotional labor that women scientists who are child caregivers, who are primary child caregivers, who are primary givers of the elderly and and the rest of their families, they might even be the breadwinner of the family yeah. um, support. Yeah. And I think those are really important conversations to have. I think also protesting um, manals or the, the mantle, yeah. um, I think those days are over. I think there's going to come those days of, of um, you know, women being suffocated or not made space for. I think it's time to take that back uh, and try to do that in a way um, that is going to you know, provide at least our young young women and men the opportunity to grow in a world that is gender equal. Yeah. Well, that's the dream to that live in a world that is uh, there is the quality and the gap has closed. Mm-hmm. And just let's close maybe with a quote, final sure. quote, uh, maybe giving hope or advice uh, by you. I would love to give some advice. Sure. Um, I can I can definitely give advice. Look, I mean, I'm a I'm a woman in academia, I'm a woman researcher, or I'm also a mother, I'm also juggling various hats and various roles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things is to ask and look for flexi time, part-time work um, and employment, as well as remote work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell a, a personal story that may or may not inspire you. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, I was unemployed. Um, I wanted to spend more time with my daughter, but I also wanted to keep my CV open and full and um, and bountiful, yeah. um, and and showing that there were not many gaps in my in the time period that I spent away. Mm-hmm. What I did was I started doing short term consultancy. 
mm. no matter what they were in my field of expertise. And I'm, I'm very grateful for the women that helped me get so get there, um, which is very important. And also um, reaching out to, let's say there's a job in your field and you're looking at that and your location is New York and you're like, oh, I, I don't know if I can move to New York. Um, Ask the employer, apply, and also engaging with um, various sectors and various organizations and I'm being aligned with them and reaching out to organizations. So what I did was I, I reached out to the organization I was really keen to work with that I'd worked with previously and said, I'd be really keen to do this, but I can do this remotely. And I'm willing to travel, let's say, 60% of the time. Mm-hmm. And that was great because their bottom line is safe. They don't need... Um, additional workspace in their organization. Okay, now with COVID and that now the trend is working from home has been now becoming more commonplace. Yeah. Um. So I've been very lucky and very blessed in the sense that I've been able to advocate for myself. Um. Simply because of of um of looking and searching and pulling uh, for various options for myself. And I think we don't know until we try that. Um. I know it's not easy. Um. I, I have shed a lot of tears over this. Um. But it's but I'm here to say, and I stand firm in saying that it's possible. And there are many, many women next to me that brought me to this point. So I just have want everyone to at least know that. Wow, that's, that's so inspiring and motivating. I think a lot of women will, you know, with some, maybe I should. I think that's, I mean, for me, at least, that you talk to my heart. And maybe I'll try that, reaching that organization I want to connect with uh, for employment or, you know, uh, collaboration. And just, you know, hope for the best. You never know. Yeah. And Constantino, it might not even be that full-time job. Maybe it's a part-time something. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's um, collaboration on a certain project. Or it's um, joining a network um, within your field of geology Mm -hmm. and starting to network that way. And then building a rapport and writing and publishing with a fellow uh, a fellow scientist. I think these are the ways we start. Yeah. Um, but of course, it takes time and tenacity as well. But it's there. And I wish, I wish, I wish I had somebody to tell me this 10 or 15 years ago when I was really struggling. Well, we are glad that you told us now. <laughs> so we can act now after your advice. Uh, thank you, Sophia, for everything. It thank was a very great you. interview. I'm just closing her impact now. Keep inspiring. Make science your superpower, everybody. And I will see you next time with another episode.